Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Romans 8, 28. Wow. Final day, final Sunday, final Sunday of 2020. Can you all believe it? As I said at the Christmas uh, Eve service, what a year it's been. And, and I know many people can't wait to put 2020 in the rearview mirror. Just because all the things we've dealt with, you're kind of faced this year, you're kind of like, I'm ready to get through 2020. But listen, I, I wanted to pause this morning and wanted to encourage you to pause too and remind ourselves about what God's word says about our lives, not what we think should be happening in our lives. In fact, it's pretty important that we recognize and understand some things that sometimes our ways are not God's ways. And, and as, as challenging as that can be from time to time, God is a good God who's watching over you. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, and if you have your Bibles, you can follow along or it'll be up on the screen. And Paul writes this and he says, and we know. I, I want you to know right from the get-go that Paul is making a declaration. He has made a decision that I'm going to know some things about God. He says, and we know. So the question today is, do you know? Watch this, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you know that God is working in your life for good? That as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called according to his purpose. The challenging thing comes is when we think it's according to our purpose. Because sometimes our purpose gets in conflict with the purpose of God. Now, I'm not saying, because the way I was taught growing up, that if God ever, you ever felt like you had this desire in your heart to do something and you were really excited about, God would go, I don't want you to do that. I want you to go over here and do this horrible thing that you don't want to do. So a lot of people would never pray, God, let your will be done in my life, because you were afraid you'd be called to be a missionary to Africa. And you absolutely didn't want to do some things. But listen, God puts his purpose, will, and desire in your heart. And he's going to work out everything for your good according to his purpose. And it's amazing when we start wrapping our minds around a good God and a loving God because then we know his purpose for us is actually good. But how do you respond to the troubles and the challenges in your life? Do you, do you find yourself getting depressed and find yourself declaring the problems all the time? Speaking negative words? When things get difficult, do you feel like you're abandoned by God? Or maybe that he's punishing you for some past sin, or maybe it's a present sin that you committed on the way to church today, and God's punishing you? Do you buy into the lies of the enemy that this is the way it's always going to be? He's never going to change. She's never going to change. This situation is never going to change. Things are always going to be hard. Things are always going to be tough. Hey, just so you know, some hard things are actually good for us. Working out, studying, growing spiritually, they, they take a little effort, they take a little work, and they're actually good for us. That's, listen, just so you know, becoming fearful, worried, and anxious is not how we as followers of Jesus Christ should respond. We should respond with faith and trust in God. Now, just so you know, I'm not talking about it doing perfectly all the time, that we, it's always there. But the moment we step out and we're not, our faith is not in God or we're not trusting God, we recognize I'm not trusting God. Step right back into it. It's a constant making the adjustment in our life because we know that God is working out everything in our life. The good, the bad, the ugly. So when we find ourselves being unbelieving, 
Just so you know, as followers of Jesus Christ, we can be very unbelieving from time to time. We need to focus or refocus our thoughts and our words and magnify, like I talked at the Christmas Eve service, to, to make large in, in our own eyes the goodness and the glory and the promises of God. We need to focus on that because it's easy to tell when we're focused on the wrong things. It really is. First of all, there's a, a fear and depression that comes into our life, but also we become incredibly unthankful. You are so thankful for that person you married five years ago. And now suddenly you find yourself not being thankful. You were so thankful for those kids. And now you're finding yourself being unthankful. You were so thankful for that new job. Oh, man, this is a dream job. And now you're finding yourself a little unthankful. I'm preaching to somebody today, probably the people online. Am I preaching to you today? Watch what 1 Thessalonians says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything. In some things. In fun things. In good things, in things we like. No, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for the person sitting next to you. No, it's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now you may ask, how on earth can we do that? How can I be thankful? Because you know. You've already just made a decision that you're going to know that God is working out everything in your life for your good. God is going to take all of the evil things that the enemy has meant for evil. And he's going to use those things to develop you. To cultivate some things in your life. To refine some things in your life. Most of us know that raw material has value. But that value is increased when the raw material is cultivated and developed and refined. There's an empty lot in our neighborhood and it just sat there dormant for, for years and it probably was worth a good piece of money. But now that land has been developed. Somebody came in and they redid the soil so it's ready for somebody to build onto it. It has more value now. When, when you take gold out of the ground, it has value. But after that gold has been in the refiner's fire, the value increases. Listen, the value that you bring to life, the value that you bring to other people's lives, the value that you bring to the kingdom of God is based upon how cultivated and refined you actually are. And just so you know, none of us are ever going to arrive, so buckle up. The rest of your life, God is going to be cultivating things in you because you're able, the, the, the more uh, developed and cultivated you are, you're able to handle larger responsibility. Listen, you're able to handle larger blessings that God actually wants to be in your life. And it's based upon the testing that you actually go through to see if you can handle it. The reason why some of you are going through such incredibly difficult times or you have gone through such challenging things in your life is because you have an incredibly high calling. You have an incredibly big purpose that God is working some things out of your life. He's needed to work some things into your life. God is strengthening you on the inside. He's developing you so that you have the character to actually handle the call and the blessing that you're destined to walk in. But here's the deal. You have to daily. In fact, I would, I would venture to say that you have to moment by moment. You have to moment by moment readjust your focus all the time to magnify God, not the difficult person, not the difficult situation. Listen, God loves you so much, he allows difficult people in your life. 
Some of you are amening, but some of you aren't because you know the difficult person sitting right next to you. He loves you so much that he allows difficult situations in your life. Do you know why he does it? He does it to grow you. To grow you so that you become all that God's destined you to be. So listen, don't leave the relationship. Let me say it again. Don't relieve the relationship. Listen, I'm not talking just about marriage. I'm talking about relationships in your life. Sometimes we have one little thing go wrong with them. They don't treat us quite right and we're out. God's developing some things in you. Listen, don't manipulate your way out of the situation that you're in. Don't, don't, don't leave the job that you're in unless God's really speaking to you. you got to know. Don't manipulate your way out or you're going to find yourself back in the same relationship, in the back, in the same situation again. And you're going to be just like the children of Israel. Instead of it taking 11 days to get to their promised land, you're going to spend 40 years on the back side of the desert walking around and around and around and around and around. And God's going, anytime you want to get off this merry-go-round, you can. Sometimes when we get out of stuff, it actually becomes worse than it was before. And we go through it again simply because we didn't pass the test. We have a tendency to see when we go through difficult times in our life, the test that we go through is a punishment from God. But all a test really is is an indicator of what you know and what you believe. That's why your teachers give you tests because it reveals what you actually know. And, and there's probably so many stories in the Bible that we could look at today, but I wanted to real quick look at a, a story about a guy by the name of Jacob. And he's a guy that you find in the book of Genesis. And he thought he actually needed to deceive his dad to get the inheritance that was actually promised to him. But listen, he didn't have to be deceptive because even before he was born, it was actually prophesied that the inheritance would actually go to him as the younger son. So he didn't have to be deceptive. He didn't have to be manipulative. He didn't have to cheat to get what was already his. He didn't have to. But because there was no revelation about God's promises or no understanding about God's promises, he thought he had to deceive. He thought he had to manipulate. And by the way, so did his mom. He, he, he thought he had to get something that was actually already coming to him. And because, catch this, because this is really important to understanding what we're talking about today. Because God loved Jacob so much, he gave him a father-in-law. You could plug in mother-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law. Now, I'm fortunate because my mother-in-law is sitting right there. I've got an amazing mother-in-law. And I would say that honestly, Mom, even if you weren't here today. But sometimes he brings these difficult people into our life, family members, coworkers, bosses, different people. But he brings this father-in-law into his life named Nabon in order to work out some of the deceit that was actually in him. Because again, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay just the way you are. And God loved Jacob. God had a purpose and a destiny for him. So he gave him a father-in-law named Laban. And if you think that Jacob was a conniver, if you've ever read that story, man, he was no match whatsoever for Laban. Laban was at least twice the conniver as, as uh, Jacob was. In fact, Jacob worked seven years to marry Laban's daughter, Rachel. Seven years. The woman of his dreams. Only to be tricked into marrying his older sister. Listen, it had to be a late night wedding in a very dimly lit chapel for Jacob to not recognize, I'm marrying the wrong woman. I mean, come on, fellas. He awakens the next morning to discover he's married the wrong woman. How does that happen, right? It wasn't Rachel. 
he, it was Leah that he had actually married. So he goes to, to Laban and saying, what are you doing? He goes, I'll tell you what, if you'll work seven more years, I'll give you my daughter, Rachel. Now I know I would work 14 years to be married to my wife. In fact, I was talking between services and my Christian, my son Christian almost worked 14 years to marry his wife. He was in the friend zone for quite a while and finally got out. Living proof you could get out of the friend zone, ladies and gentlemen. But he worked 14 years to marry the woman of his dreams. And listen, the Bible says that Laban changed his wages 10 times. I'm going to pay you $17.50 an hour. Hey, here's $12.50. 10 times. There were some things that God had to work out of Jacob's life. Listen, and for every one of us today, I wish, because Christianity is such an amazing thing, the blessed and favored life, but I wish we grew during easy times. I wish we didn't need the refining fire to refine us and cultivate some things in our lives. But every one of us need it. And God will use the things that the devil means for evil, the challenges and the difficulties to develop us into the thing that he created us to be. And I'm telling you, when you're walking in the purpose of God, that's when you are going to discover the abundant life. You're going to find peace and contentment in your life. Listen, God is always working out everything. And he really means everything for your good. It's just hard for us to sometimes understand how some of these things are actually going to be for our good. Because when you're in the middle of the storm and you can't see past the storm that you're currently in, you don't recognize the sun is shining on the other side. And that God's doing some things in your life. When a, when a baby eagle is born, a, a little eaglet, all it does all day long is basically sit around and let its mama feed it. It kind of has this posture all the time. And that's kind of how we want to be. God, just feed me. God, just bless me. And it's a, a very easy life, just sits around and waits for mama to feed it. But the more the eagle begins to grow, its wings begin to get bigger also. And suddenly the, the nest begins to get a little crowded. And honestly, the eagle doesn't want to leave the nest. So do you know what the mother does? The, the mother has placed feathers of birds that she has killed to keep the nest really warm and cozy. And she begins to remove those feathers and suddenly the nest begins to, to get a little, there's little twigs that begin to jab the little eaglet and begin to make it a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And can you imagine what the e baby eagle is actually thinking? Yeah. Does my mama love me? Right. <laughs> you ever thought that when your parents weren't doing something you wanted them to do? Does, does my mama love, what on earth is going on? Just like we do when things are getting a bit uncomfortable in our lives. Because what we're thinking all the time is I want to be comfortable. And God's saying, no, I don't want you to be comfortable. I want you to walk in the purpose and destiny that I have for your life. And sometimes it's just a little uncomfortable. But can you imagine what we do? Does God still love me? What on earth's going on? Does he know what I'm going through? God, did you realize COVID was happening? Uh, yeah. We want to know, God, do you care? But listen, the mother eagle knows it's time for her baby to leave the nest. She wants it to, to begin to use what it's actually eaten, what it's received, and, and, and fly. So she kind of nudges him over to the edge of the nest. And maybe parents, if you've got you know, kids in college that are still living at home, you might want to try this too. And, and she kind of pushes him out of the nest. And, and suddenly, this young eaglet is, is free-falling like a rock. 
But before that young eagle gets to the bottom, the mother swoops down and picks the eagle up under her wings and and catches it and brings it safe. That's why God says that's about you and I in Exodus 19. How I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. You may feel like you're in a free fall going, God, do you know what's going on? I'm telling you, he's about ready to grab you. Eventually, the eagle actually learns how to fly. And because the baby eagle loved the comfort of that nest, it's going to find its greatest happiness when it's actually soaring high in the sky. And again, it's so easy for us to want to stay in our nest of comfort. And God's going, I've got much more than that for you. See, you may feel today like you're actually in a free fall. But I want you to know today that God is watching over you. He knows everything that you're going through. And the difficulties that you're going through are actually developing you. They're growing something on the inside of you. And God is working out everything in your life, even down to the smallest detail, for your good. Now, it's easy for us to say, but Pastor Richie, I really shouldn't be going through this stuff. I'm justified by faith. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm blessed and highly favored. That's true. You are. But we have to understand why you're blessed and highly favored. What God is actually wanting to actually do in your life with the blessing and the favor that's on your life. So Paul helps us understand it in Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. He says this, therefore, having been justified by faith. Having what? Been justified, or that word can mean declared righteous by faith. Watch this, because of that, we have peace with God Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are made righteous, in right standing, put in right standing with God by faith, not by our works, not by our performance. And because of that, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because listen, when Jesus came, he came to bring peace to us with God, not amongst ourselves. We still might have some lack of peace going on with one another, but we've got peace with God. Be going on in verse 2, it says, through whom, talking about Jesus Also, we have access, watch this, we have access by faith, not feelings, not performance, by faith into this grace, or that word can mean favor, in which we stand. So once you and I are made righteous by faith, we now have access by faith into favored ground. You're standing on favored ground. You are under the grace and the favor of God. Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down today? Now watch what happens when you are on this grace ground. It goes on in saying, and it's talking about you, rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now because of what Christ has done, you're able to declare this. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm on grace ground. Thank you that the favor of the Lord is upon me. I have a confident expectation of good. That's actually what hope is. That you have a confident expectation of good. And now I'm being transformed by the glory of God. I say this a lot. We think God is into behavior modification. He's not. He's into life transformation. Because when you're transformed on the inside, the behavior actually begins to change. Watch this next verse because he goes on with this and it says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Oh, wow. That's when we kind of get to that, we want to kind of go back. Let's go back to verses one and two and camp there, right? But it says, not only that, we also glory in tribulation. We can't skip over that verse because what is tribulation? I know, Pastor Rich, it's my spouse or, or it's my kids, It's my job, it's my boss, it's my employees, right? No, it's trouble. It's pressure. If you ever go to the doctor and they say you're about ready to feel a little pressure, 
buckle up. Because pressure doesn't feel good all the time. All right? So why do we glory in tribulations? Look, look at the continuation of that verse. Watch this. Knowing that tribulation, watch this, produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now again, notice, notice the, pro- the progression to arrive at hope, a confident expectation of good. You realize as followers of Jesus Christ, we can always have hope. We don't ever have to be with hope. Now we might lose hope for a moment. But we don't ever have to be without it because the moment we feel hopeless, we go, okay, where's my hope? It's a confident expectation of good. Where you just know things in your knower. Where you know that God loves you. Where you know that God is working out everything for your good. For you know that your God is actually a good God who loves to do good things in your life. It takes character. It takes character, that internal fortitude. That resolve to not be blown around by the challenges and difficulties of life. Character has to be developed within you. Listen, God loves you. He loves you. But he won't put you in a position of blessing that is greater than your character to handle the blessing that he actually wants to put in your life. And again, it is not about perfection. It's not about always getting it right. It is about focus and refocusing our life on who God is and who we are in Christ Jesus and speaking it over yourself and reminding yourself all the time so that you can walk in the destiny and the purpose that God has for your life. Because listen, God is developing some things in you. Again, I wish we didn't have to go through the fire. I wish things weren't difficult. You know what? I wish that I could just wake up in the morning and just kind of mail in my exercise mail in my studying, you know, and just say, well, I just thought about exercising, so hey, lost 10 pounds, that's awesome. Or I thought about studying, so man, now I'm passing my classes. It doesn't work that way. You've got to apply yourself. God is developing some things in you, so he wants you to persevere through the challenges. Listen, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit on a relationship. Don't, Don't quit serving in the house of God. Don't quit. God wants you to be trained and developed. Because someone who isn't trained and developed will break under the pressure. They will, or they'll fall into temptation. All the tribulations that you're going through are developing character in you. The reason is so God can trust you with more. Again, we don't want to remain comfortable. We want to continue to grow. Let me give you just an, in, uh, an example. For instance, the, the issue of money. You know, there, there are people who put all of their trust in their money. If they've got money in the bank, they're, they're resting. If they don't, they're not. And, and those people never, they either never have enough money because they're not trusting God with it. And it's like the word of God says, it's like they've got holes in their pockets and it's all just disappearing. Or they're fearful and worried and anxious about their money all the time. They can't even enjoy it. They feel like at any moment it could be gone. But listen, there are people who trust God with their money. And I'm telling you, you, you got to get a revelation of this, by the way. Don't do it until you get a revelation. Or, or do it and get a revelation, one of the two. But listen, people that trust God with their money, they tithe. They recognize what the Word of God says, that the tithe, the 10 cents, 10% belongs to the Lord. So they bring that back to Him. And they give when we do like a heart for the house offering. They give because they prayed and said, God, what do you want me to do? And then they just responded to that. And they're always taken care of financially. It doesn't mean that they don't have problems, but when they have a problem, God, that, that to fix my car is going to be $1,000, but I'm thankful that you already gave me $1,000 and I'm going to be able to take care of my car. They're, they're taking care of financially or they just don't freak out about money. 
They're resting because they know that God's their provider. See, some people use people to get money. But God wants us to use money to love people. And just so you know, that takes character. Because there's going to be some time when you're like, oh, man, I just don't know if I can give. It takes character. So how is character developed? Through perseverance. Continuing to do the right thing. It's trusting God and his word. Even when you don't understand fully what's going on. It's staying in the marriage, man, when it feels like it would be so much easier just to bail. It's staying at the job or serving at church when, man, everything inside of you wants to just run from what it is you're doing, even when you don't feel appreciated. That's perseverance. It's putting your nose down and saying, God, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. Every time that I have walked through a difficult season and a challenge of my life, when my emotions were telling me to run, to quit, and in fact, it was... I don't know how many years ago it was that Pam and I made a decision. We're going to quit saying, should we quit on Monday morning? Because as a pastor, I can promise you almost every Monday morning, the thought is, should I quit? Should I quit? We just decided we we're going to quit doing that. But everything in my life when I've gone through difficult times, I just put one foot in front of the other. I learned how to persevere. And that's what you can do. I'm not any more special than, than you. Well, maybe I think I am, but I'm really not. And he's more special than you. It's just about putting one foot in front of the other. That's perseverance. So how is hope developed? Let's look at our verse one more time all together. Romans chapter five, verse three. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Notice again that we glory in tribulations. You know somebody that's glory in tribulation, they're going through it, but man, they got a smile on their face. They're not like that we character that every time it got killed went. You ever see people? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Some of you, we, what's that? Um, we're to glory in tribulations. Listen, we're not just trying to endure. Yeah, we've got to endure, but we're not just trying to endure. And we're not doing it just because I said so. Listen, God has given us a path to have a confident expectation of good. God has given us a path to have hope operating in our lives. I want to ask you, would you like to have a confident expectation going into 2021 of good? That the best is yet to come? Would, would you like to have a confident expectation of the, about the thing that you're actually going through? Here's how we do that. We, re, we remain confident in the goodness of God. We stay focused on the goodness of God because even though we're going through some tribulation, we recognize the tribulation is developing perseverance and perseverance is producing character and character is producing hope. And that's the hope that we have today. It's from the verse that we found today in Romans chapter eight. And I'm gonna conclude with this. And we know, listen, I, I hope today if you came in not knowing that now you know, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So I want to ask you today, will you receive that today? Go ahead and nod and yeah, yes, I will. More importantly, will you believe it today? Because today I've laid out a path from God's word about how you and I, for 2021, for any challenge that we're going through, how we can have a confident expectation of good for all of the storms in your life, all of the challenges in your life. It's simply believing in the goodness of God, believing in his purpose and plan for your life, that he is going to work everything out in your life.